Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We're in our series called Honor You, Honor University. We're called to honor other people, honor God, and today I just want to do part two in that series. I don't know about you, but I'm always mesmerized by escalators, aren't you? Like you get to go up, you get to come down, they're pretty cool, aren't they? Kids like to play, with, play on them, and so do some of you. But, you know, they're everywhere, sporting arenas and malls and everything like that. They can either help you go up or they can help you come down, right? And so today, I want to talk to you about putting something into practice, and that's about elevating honor. Elevating honor in all of our lives, no matter where we're at. That I want to call this church to a new level of honor, as we said last week, And what I really challenged us with last week is to be a carrier and a communicator of honor. Can everybody say honor? Honor. Because this is a biblical word, right? This isn't a man-made word. This is a biblical, God-given word. And we said last week, when you put honor on something, what it is is you're putting value on something or someone. But also, when you dishonor, it's to treat something or someone just as common, And I don't know about you, but we need a revolution of honor in our nation, in our churches, in our homes, and in our workplace, and in our neighborhoods. Amen? We need a revolution of honor that would come forth. And so, you know, we are called to put others first. We really are. And so rather than, excuse me, be in a culture where we rip and tear others and pull other people down, the Bible tells us you are to honor everyone. And I know, I know just like you, that it's hard to honor someone who doesn't do honorable things. That's a true statement, right? But honoring starts with how God views us, God's claim on us. But what we fail to realize is we are only seeing people sometimes as they are, and we are not seeing them in the view of the person who created them, and that's God. We need to have a right view of others. And, and I believe that God wants us to have this because he says it through his word. You know what's amazing? <clears throat> God has such a unique way to not only see people in their depravity, but also in their dignity. Amen? That while you and I were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Even in our depravity, God put dignity inside of us, and that's what he continues to call out of us. And God wants people to show dignity to one another, that everybody is worth something that is so priceless. We want to be a church of honor, and I'm calling this church to be a church of honor. If you're with me, say amen. What we may not know is that periodically throughout God's word, through history, God has called upon his people to lead a renewal and a resurgence of honor. Honor would decline, lack of honor would come into communities and show up in social, moral, and spiritual habits of sight of those people, but God would respond by raising up voices, whether they're prophetic voices, that people with specific message to honor one another. And so that's the call of this series of honor you. God is all about honor. I don't know about you, but God is all about uncensored honor, abundant honor, Honor up, honor down, honor all the way around. You've heard that before, right? And so businesses are better when there's honor, amen, right? Neighborhoods are better when there is honor. Church 
And church life is better when there's honor. Preachers preach better when there's honor, that's for sure. People serve better when there's honor because there's people that are serving all across this campus at the Clearbrook campus today and our online campus that are serving. Uh, They're called our A-team volunteers and I just wanna thank them today and I honor them for showing up each and every week. Amen, can you give them a great big hand clap today because we honor you and we honor them. Amen, for the call that they come and they serve, right? And so God wants us to understand is that God is raising up voices of honor even though there's a lot of dishonor in our world and in our culture today. But you know, what would happen if in all of our world if we released an abundance of honor? Like releasing honor in epic proportions, like spontaneous, unreserved honor, like shock and awe honor. I mean, what would it be like, man, if you go and you honor your in-laws, Right? That's your shocking laws. I mean, you know, you honor them. You honor your mother-in-law, your father-in-law, honoring your supervisor, honoring your children's teacher, honoring the person in the uniform, the per- person who serves us, the people that we serve, the honor on the people we agree with, honor on the people we disagree with. So you know what? Honor destroys things as well. Honor destroys the works of pride and cynicism and sarcasm and arrogance and strife every single day. And so I'm, I'm encouraging you to be an unapologetic carrier and communicator of honor and to go against the trends of pop culture that are out there that we hear about and we see about every single day. Here's one thing I know, honor and sarcasm can't take up the same territory. Are you with me? Both of those things cannot be operating in your life at the same time. Honor and sarcasm cannot take up the same territory. It's not allowed. So we understand that sarcasm is everywhere, but I want us to be a church with honor. And so specific areas, a couple of areas that I talked about last week was that we should honor the past, the present, positions, and potential, but I also want to go into a couple more today. Let's be people who honor others. And scripturally, it's there in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 17, we're to honor all the others. It tells us, honor everyone. Is just somebody? No. Just some group of people? People like me? No. It says honor everyone. We don't get to decide who we honor. Even the person you don't like the most, I'm I'm, I'm not asking you to agree with them. See, see, that's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to hold them up in worth and hold them up in value. You got to understand when Peter is writing this portion of scripture, it was in the context of the emperor Nero. Nero was a very evil man. Nero killed Christians just for the fun of watching their blood spill. And this is what he's saying in the context of this, as you read further on, that he says he's even going to honor all others and even Nero. It didn't mean he agreed with Nero. He just said, I will honor him. And honor is not what you say, it's what you do. It's putting someone else's interest above your own. It's a you-first value. But, you know, we understand this. I understand this in the world we live in because we have relationships in the church, outside the church, workplace, our campuses, wherever it may be. Uh, Listen, here's one thing. Relationships change over time. They're so important to our lives, and it's important just to take a moment and talk about relationship, because relationships do change over time. It's for sure. So listen, if people weren't with you in the valley, they won't be with you on the mountaintop. Hello? Are you with me? But you can still honor them. 
you know, the relationship has changed, but you can still honor them. Sometimes you no longer have the grace to be in a relationship with somebody, but you can still show them honor. See, over this last year, here's something that I've had to learn and I'm continuing to learn through a pandemic. Sometimes you have to baptize yourself into who's left until you get over who's lost. And you still treat them with dignity. And a lot of people struggle with this because we don't want to show them honor. But I believe that we are to be people of honor and a culture of honor and a church of honor. Men and women showing honor to each other, showing honor to the poor and the rich alike. Also, I want to just talk about for these next few moments how Scripture points out that we should honor our parents. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, if you go there with me. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, not everybody is a child, but everybody has a mom and dad. Verse 2 and 3, honor your father and mother. Well, I don't like them. They were mean. I don't care. This is the first commandment with a promise that it will go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. I have always honored my parents, whether I agreed with them or not. And we need to have that inside of our own life and inside of our culture, of our families. How do we honor our parents? Well, there's a couple different ways. I want to just break this down very simple. By appreciating them is a great first start. Appreciate their efforts. Parenting is difficult. It's time-consuming and it's demanding. How many parents say amen to that? Have you ever thought about how much easier your parents' life would be if they didn't have you, right? Just look at their gray hair. Appreciate your parents' efforts, right? Take the time. Appreciate their efforts. Another thing you need to do is appreciate their sacrifice. Parenting is expensive. Hallelujah. To raise a child in today's economy from 0 to 18 years of age, the cost on average is $233,000 per child. That doesn't even include when they boomerang and come back home. Right? When parents choose to have a child, they're making an unselfish decision because you are going to put up with a lot of things, and it will cost you. There are great rewards in having children in your life. Amen? That's for sure. Proverbs 23 tells us to give our parents joy. That is from God's word. How many of you today are giving your parents joy? Because Scripture tells us you should be giving your parents joy. Sadly, Western culture is the only culture that doesn't respect its elders. If your parents are still living today, they have an intense need to know that they have made an impact upon your life and you need to express appreciation to them. When's the last time, no matter how old you are inside of this room and the sound of my voice, that you've taken the time, if your parent or your parents are still living, to show your appreciation, saying, thank you, mom, thank you, dad, for making a difference in my life. When's the last time that you have done that? How do we affirm our parents? I mean, there's, there's great ways. How about just plainly staying in touch with them, right? Stay in touch with them. 
I mean, I've got this funny story I'll never forget. My mom, years back when she was still living, got her first cell phone. She had just gotten, I thought, wow, I've got her number. I'm going to call her. Called her one day. She picked up the phone. I said, hey, mom. She goes, hey, John. I said, how are you? She goes, how did you find me? Oh, I was laughing that she got to laughing. And we were like, yeah, mom, you got a cell phone now. This thing doesn't have a long cord, you know? Yeah, stay in touch with them. Anytime you make a call, you're honoring your father and your mother. Anytime you send a card, a gift, an email, anytime you do that, you are honoring them. Let them know the details of your life. Honor them. Another way is to show Honor is by providing for them. As they get older, the roles reverse, and as age starts coming, what happens is you will start taking care of them. And many of you have already moved into that stage in this room. You are taking care of your parent or your parents now. Giving them your time is a great, great, great way to show love. It doesn't mean it has to be expensive. Before I move on, Here's something, because as you talk about honoring, people get stuck on many things in the past or whatever. If you had a parent or parents who have hurt you deeply, I am sorry about that. What does God want us to do even when we've been hurt by our parents? Well, he's not wanting us to deny it or excuse it. God doesn't want you to fake it. He wants you to face it. You must release that pain that's inside of you. If you don't, it will eventually eat you alive. And it can come by saying, Mom or Dad, I want to be free. And I want to honor the good that you've done in my life. But I can't until we talk about the pain in my heart. And I want to encourage you that you would do that before it's too late. Listen, if they've died, they've passed on, or they won't listen or speak to you, find a trusted Christian counselor, a pastor, somebody in your world that you can talk to you about it and process the pain because that is so important. So why? So you can go on. We should honor our marriage in the institution of marriage. We stand at an altar and say, till death do us part, then when we don't feel like it, we take off. We need to fight harder for the institution of marriage than ever before because the sacredness of marriage is under attack in our nation and in our world. Amen? We need to fight for one man and one woman in marriage. Can I hear an amen? Don't be quiet on me now. We're to honor marriage. Matter of fact, Hebrews 13, 4 says, marriage should be honored by all of us. If you ever wondered if you should honor it, there it is. No man should ever lift their hand or hit their wife or yell at their wife. She's a precious gift given to you by God. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7 says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since you are heirs of the grace of life, so that your prayers are not hindered. What is he talking to us about? He shows that even also that if the wife's husband is not saved, it is her honoring behavior that will reach him 
not her preaching or teaching. This is a powerful portion of Scripture in 1 Peter. There's right here, but we are to honor each other. We are to honor our children. There should be no abuse, physical, verbal, sexual abuse. That is not God-honoring. And the Bible has severe judgment for those that do. We should honor the older people in our lives. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Leviticus 19.32, show respect to the aged. Honor the presence of an elder. Fear your God. He says, I am God. We should honor those that are older than us. They know more than you and I do. They are wiser than you. No, they're not. They don't even know how to mess with an iPhone. Well, Come on, that's all you do. All I know is my cell phone. It will save me. How many of you know that long life brings you understanding? Get around older people and listen to them and ask questions. Value and esteem the older. And sometimes we don't realize this, that sometimes our aged population, those that are older going through, you know, they've gone through those hard years and maybe they're into retirement. Maybe they're still working. But what happens in many of their hearts is they don't feel like they have any value now. People don't pay attention to them like they used to. They think, wow, why am I really here still? You know, my friend or my family member, my spouse has has passed on. And they've lost a lot of those vital connections. Let's be reminded of that as we honor those that are older, that God has great things in store for them still. So everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. That's a great portion of Scripture in Matthew 7. Let's honor everyone. You know, and I think our strongest honor should be towards those who are divisive and dishonoring other people. You know, I'm not talking about when someone unintentionally cuts you off in the parking lot or in the church parking lot when you leave today. You know, maybe talk about the person that's slandering you or others who dishonors others. Reserve your strongest confrontation for the dishonoring person and still honor them. Because why? Because God's name is on them. That's what's important to know. Also, let's honor God. Honor God. We should honor God with our lives. Many treat God as a celestial Santa Claus, right? God, I want heaven, but I don't want hell. God, I want my way, but I'm not really, you know, I want to follow after your way. I want what I want, God, but I surely don't want all that you want me to do. What we've forgotten is the Bible says we are servants of God. We're servants of God. So we come to church to honor God. That's why we're here. We honor God first when we come. And, And I hope that you get something as you come to church, that you enjoy the message, and that you enjoy the worship. But the first goal of being here is to honor God. Can I hear an amen? We're here to honor God. That God, this is the first day of the week that you've given to me before I go to work or play. I'm honoring you by coming. You have first place in my life. 
That's how we honor God first, that God, what matters to you matters to me, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to reorient my life around what matters to you first. And so we're called to honor God. We can honor the Lord in many ways. We can honor the Lord with our heart. I mean, how is your heart today? Are you honoring God in your heart? You know, the scripture tells us, hey, they're honoring me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We can honor the Lord with our wealth. Proverbs 3 and verse 9 tells us that. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Giving to the Lord is not like giving to a charity, like, you know, kind of we tip God, but it is about honor. It's about God being first and the first fruits of all of your increase. Your wealth is more than just your money. See, people hear the word wealth and they just think it's just about my money. No, your wealth is all that you are. Your wealth is about everything that God put inside of you. Like your time today, that has everything to do with your wealth and um, using your gifts that we talk a lot about around here. That's honoring God with your wealth and also your time and how you give your time to the Lord and uh, the monies that you have that when it comes to tithing, it's more about the order than it is about the amount. The tithing is 10% that we are called to honor God with our money. I mean, you've heard this by probably many pastors, and we got a lot of pastors in the room that pastor a lot of great churches. But listen, in any given church, if you had the whole church monetarily giving, we wouldn't have the struggles and the issues that we have when we're trying to reach and minister to a lost and dying world. There's a lot of faithful people and generous givers that are inside of here, but I want to encourage you, if you have not given to the Lord, to take the next step of obedience in that and to honor the Lord with the monies that he's placed in your keeping and in your care. Amen? We're called to honor him in that. And when you do, you're realigning your life to say, I am going to do this. That is what God, you called me to do. We are all also called to honor God's purpose. Honor the why behind the who and the what in your life. We get all caught up in our, our titles, positions, and roles. I'm a parent, I'm a husband, a business owner, a musician. The truth is, there's a why behind the who, what, and the where of your life. You are who you are because of why you are. Jesus said, for this cause I was born, and for this cause I came into the world. Ephesians 2 says this, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Your talents, your success, your position, your resources, your job, all for the purpose of honoring God. Your weakness, your failures, your mess up is all an opportunity to honor the purposes of God. So I dare you today to honor God's purpose by asking, how can I use what I have to honor you, God? There, there's a reason God has you where you're at today. There's a reason God has entrusted you with the many things that you have in your keeping and your care. He's entrusted you. Uncle Mordecai said to his niece Esther in the Old Testament, the beauty queen, she had just won the pageant, Miss Israel. Whatever it is, put it in the context of where you're at. He says, whatever God has, whatever you have for me, this is what he says, for such a time as this. Now honor God's purpose. So 
Speak up. Use your influence in this season. This place where God has you to honor him. God's purpose is very much at work in our weakness and our failures like it is in our success. So how can you use your failure today to honor God? So we're going to take this moment and say, God, God, how can I honor you? How can I honor you with the things you've given to me? To honor others that are around me? To honor the purpose that you've placed in my heart, Lord? I'm going to honor that. You know, Babe Ruth is considered to be the greatest home run hitter of all time. The great Bambino. He signed many baseballs, but he only signed seven of his home run bats. Only seven. One of those bats was missing for a long time. It was an older man who had it, and in 1988, this man who owned the bat was on his deathbed. He didn't have any living relatives to pass on his possessions to. He was cared for by a nurse named Marcia. And when, he's, when he was dying, he decided to give this autographed baseball bat to this nurse who took care of him. She, she didn't even understand what was in her possession. So she put it under her bed for 18 years. And in 2006, she retired from nursing, and she had this dream of opening up a restaurant. She wondered if that bat was worth anything. So she brought it to a memorabilia, memorabilia store, and the owner was shocked that it was the missing home run bat signed by Babe Ruth. And he said, ma'am, you have no idea what you have here. She put it up for auction, and it sold for almost $1.3 million. Only because of the name on it. Without that name, it wasn't worth much. But with the name on it, it had value. And she took the money, and she opened up her restaurant, and she had so much left over, she donated it to a foundation for kids that Babe Ruth loved. And she said, the bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that could honor his life. Why do we honor people? Because God's name is on them. Why do we honor you? Because God's name's on you. Why do we honor other people? Because God's name is on them. Please hear me today. This isn't my word. This is his word. God's name is on them. Whether you like them or not, whether you love them or not, God's name is on them. It's written on their heart. It's written on every single soul on humanity and this planet Earth. God's name is on every single person. Please, let's not forget it. That should lead the way in how we treat one another. Listen, if you will allow him into your life to see people that way and let him honor you. Put his name across your heart and across your life. You're going to sense the value that you have in Jesus' name. And so today I just want to speak a spirit of honor over our church. 
honor over each other, honor over our homes, our families, parents, children, honor over our workplaces, our communities, our nation, that you and I can start a revolution of honor and be passed on and passed through to the generations that are coming. Do the honorable thing. Do the right thing today. Because why? Because God's name is on us and God's name is on them. Let's pray. Father, I speak a spirit of honor over this church. Lord, I speak a spirit of honor from the young and the old alike. Lord, that we're called to honor those that are older and those that are younger. Lord, because your name is on us. It's written on our heart. It's written on every life, Lord. Every person that we see today at a restaurant, a store, in our neighborhood, in our family, your name is written on them, Lord. And so, Lord, we don't take this lightly. We understand that, God, you sent your son to die for all of humanity. And that for every person today, they would understand their value in Jesus' name. As you're here today, maybe as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, and you're saying, you know what? I've never realized to the day that God's name is on me. And I want to know him. And I want to find him. And it's through Jesus that you'll find your value and your worth today. And, and it's a promise of God's word that you will find him as the way and the truth and the life. And today, maybe as you come, you say, you know what? I'm lost and I need Jesus. I just want to take this moment right now in this room. Would you say, yes, that's me. And I want to find Jesus today because his name is written on my heart. And I want to come in to relationship with my creator. Can I see your hand? Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Anyone else? Thank you for that hand. Father, I thank you for every hand that was raised. That God, even now, they're finding their worth and value in you as they accept you as the Lord and Savior of their life. Touch and minister now as they invite you in. Jesus, to cleanse them of all sin, to wash them of all unrighteousness, and to set them free. Thank you, Lord, that you are an honorable God, and we honor you. And Lord, we not only want to honor you with our lips, we want to honor you with our hearts. And so, Father, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everyone said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.